Hello, everybody, beautiful people, listeners, good friends. Thank you for joining us here on Beyond Words with Felix and Al. Once again, we're really excited to have you. We love you. And this is episode 16. We recorded this episode a few days ago. It was a day after the uh, U.S. election. And uh, in this episode, we discussed that a bit and we discuss the nature of the division that we're seeing in the United States and even other places in the world, media-driven division, our views on this division, and, and, and how to work with it, how to take a step back and breathe and recognize and witness that even those who are on the other side of the aisle, the other side of the division from our view, are really just like us. They've just adopted a different story. So we came to some useful insights that helped me at least to really take a step back from this and recognize my own role in it and my own triggers and and to just get some space. We also discuss what it means to live intentionally what it would be like to wake up every day and to remind ourselves why we're here. What is our intention, our calling, our purpose in this life? We share ways in in order to connect with that, to really find what that is, because that's a big question. Why am I here? What am I doing? But to live intentionally brings a whole new depth and purpose to life. And by having a, a, a true intention for our journey through this life, it can allow us to organize our day, our actions, to ensure that they are in alignment with our intention for life. I think we have a choice to let life rule us or to take life by the horns and live with direction and purpose. And through this conversation today, like many of our conversations, there's sort of a buildup as we explore the themes that are coming up for us in our discussion. There's a buildup and a crescendo and an opening that happens generally in the last quarter of the podcast where we recognize something valuable, some, some insight that comes through. So I encourage listeners, I know these podcasts, it, uh, sometimes they're you know two hours long and when I listen to podcasts, I'll often, you know, other podcasts, I'll, if they're long, I'll listen to a little part and then I'll, you know, move on to something else. But there is some, some kind of evolution in these podcasts and these conversations. There's a buildup. And if you just bear with us, and so you can listen to half an hour here, half an hour there, but really uh, to intend to listen to the whole thing, I think really brings uh, the point of it. You can really join this conversational journey towards insight and understanding and opening as we experience it. So that's episode 16. We really hope you enjoy it. Uh, A few announcements. Firstly, as we mentioned last time, we are now part of the locals.com platform. And you can find us there. Our web address is beyondwords.locals.com. And I just want to give a huge thank you, big shout out to our latest supporters on Locals. Thank you to Karen, 
Thank you to Tina and someone who goes by Sacred Herb on Locals. Thank you to the three of you for joining Zach and supporting this, this journey. We really appreciate you. And for anyone else who is interested, who would like to support us for the price of a venti Starbucks coffee, uh, you can uh, support us with per month. A cup of coffee per month goes a long ways to supporting this podcast and its expansion and evolution. And our supporters will have access on Locals.com to exclusive content. So uh, later today or within the next day, we're going to post a video showing where we are here in Waran, this beautiful place, uh, showing where we record the podcast, just so you can get a little more insight and uh, some context so that when you listen to the show, you can also kind of see what's happening. So we'll take you on a little tour for our, for our supporters on Locals.com. Of course, this podcast will continue to be free on all platforms, so you, you don't have to be a supporter on Locals to listen to it. Uh, Locals supporters do get an early release of the podcast uh, a day before anyone else. But you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. And again, uh, the best way to support us on those free platforms is to just take a moment, pause the podcast right now, and leave a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, subscribe and hit the notification button for the podcast on Google. I think you can do the same. Any platform, whatever you can do to review, subscribe and get notifications. That's what helps this podcast to, to reach more people. So we really appreciate you. If you want to pause it right now and just do that, that's one way you can support us. Are there any more announcements? You can continue to follow us on social media, on Instagram. The links are in the show notes. On Facebook, we have a group. But we're really starting to transition uh, a vast majority of our extra content to the Locals page. So you can check it out at beyondwords.locals.com. We're really excited. It's growing quickly. Uh, So thanks to all who join us. So this is a short and sweet introduction. I'm just going to leave it at that and just uh, hope you enjoy this journey with us on episode 16 of the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. We love you. Enjoy the show. and Al were coming back dispelling the myth that's on the attack taking control of our minds dividing people we don't want to be treated like little sheeples because we're free and we know that the truth is within so no matter what's going on all the chaos outside it cannot touch that which lies inside it's a beautiful place man when you go inside it's the light it's the truth it's the peace of mind nothing can touch it 
at any time. Elections and chaos and stupidity. It doesn't bother me when I'm feeling so free inside in my heart. Let it all go. Nothing can touch me when I flow. Oh. <laughs> ja. ja Rastafari. Ja bless the Roman curse. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. Ich bin eine Deutsch Rastafari. Yeah, ja, du bist eine Amerikaner Rastafari. Sprechen the Deutschen. Yeah. Oh boy. Holy smokes. Holy smokes, man. Somebody cranked the level to 10. I'm really glad uh, just before we started recording, Felix put on a little clip of Bill Hicks, the legendary Bill Hicks, a legendary comedian, truth speaker. Rest in peace. And that really inspired me in this moment, so thank you for that. Uh, what a what a time, what a crazy time. Uh, today is the day after the elections in the United States. And you know, man, I... I secretly did have a little hope that at least that aspect of existence right now would provide some sort of clarity. But even that is going to be all messy and who knows how long it's going to drag on. So another reminder that uh, every time I try to seek certainty and clarity outside, and it's just not always there, man. It's just got to come back to what's true and what's true is within. Just like your your intro song, I like that. I was digging that. <laughs> I was I was vibing with it so much. I, I was messing up <laughs> the chords, so I apologize to everybody. But we just do it off the whim, off the hat. <laughs> That's right. How are you, man? How are you riding these waves? <sighs> to be honest, I'm I'm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's these these are really hard times, and. Man, I every time I'm like you said in your in what you just said is anytime I start looking outwards, I'm like, okay, I can expect X, Y, and Z to happen, or A, B, and C. Super simple. It should be A to C. Easy. It's only three steps. It doesn't work. And this morning I was just sitting here, sitting in my coffee spot, just thinking about the times, thinking about just the uncertainty the dissolution of what was certain just doesn't it doesn't feel comfortable and uh i also when you came over i read that that quote by guru rinpoche and i'll post it on the groups but basically it talks about how in in these times in general we kind of start being led like ox we become blind to our own desires we become blind to our the deceiver, and not like in a grand sense, like Satan or whatever. It's like the deceiver is myself. And I've been deceiving myself day after day, night after night, thinking that I can know what's going to happen next. And before pre, pre-COVID pre time, maybe there was some predictability within that time. But the more I look at it, I really couldn't determine day after day what's going to happen. And I'm coming into this place where I just... I just got to step back from everything. I got to step back from everything. And, and in my life, everything. So I've, I've stepped back from work as much as I can. I've stepped back from um, politics. I've turned my phone off as much as I can. Unless I'm watching Bill Hicks videos. But 
I'm just being more aware of what's bringing me down. And I'm tired of being down. And if I want to keep feeding that, then I realize that I'm doing that to myself. And man, so this morning it was like, it was a, it was a slug. I was a slug this morning rolling out of bed. Elections are going on. It's crazy out there. Everyone hates each other because they don't know who to believe in anymore. And, and I'm just like, I'm done with that. I, I, I need to just be happy. And my bank account doesn't look happy. That's okay. That's all right. I still got food on my table. I still have a house to live in. I'm all right. I got good friends. I still got jujitsu. Thank God. But there's so many blessings that are right in front of me that aren't dependent on this thing. <clears throat> and just to acknowledge that and, and feel more and more detached from this world of like, I need a nice car and a better motorcycle and I need... I need a TV, 72-inch TV with my, so I can play video games on it so I can really distract myself. and I just I got to stop. And it's like, I think about it as a ceremonial reference. You know, a good friend of ours, Scott, talked about this. He said, in ceremony when, because <clears throat> we drink every ceremony, when we're facilitating, we're not a lot. We're, we're pretty sober and we can see the room. We're, we're good. But he says when the room goes crazy, when people start having very strong experiences, start screaming or crying, and it becomes super chaotic in the room, Scott says to himself, he says, stop. He says, what am I doing? Okay, I'm going to have a mapacho. I'm going to pick up my lighter. I'm going to pick up my mapacho. I'm going to light it. Okay. Now what? Okay, I still don't feel level. I'm going to light this mapacho and sit here for a bit. Until I can find my own groove in the chaos of this, these waves of these these ceremonies. Okay, all right, I found myself again. All right, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna talk to this person and see what's going on. And it's it's simple advice when it comes to facilitating, but it's a advice that I can carry over into life, into jujitsu too, into anything. It's like okay. I'm getting so caught up in this tornado in front of me. I'm just, I'm lost. This thing is fancy. It's brightly colored. It's all kinds of crazy, cool, whatever. But I'm lost in it. And it's pulling my emotions in certain directions. And I need to stop letting it do that. That's, it's taking my power away. I'm letting it take my power away. I'm letting it drag me through the mud when I don't need to be there. And so today being the slug that I was crawling out of bed, I got up, and even though I wasn't feeling like listening to positive music, I put it on. And within about five minutes, it started to pull me out. I was listening to Modest Yahoo. There's a great song by Modest Yahoo called I Will Be Light. Like, all right, all right, here's the beginning, all right. And I go out and I sit down with my coffee. I'm sitting there and looking at my phone. And Facebook, no. Instagram, no. News? Nope. All right, I'm going to go back to Bill Hicks and start listening to Bill Hicks. And I did. And again, there's this man who has a mentality of freedom. A man who... He he grew up in a religious family. He grew up in a very strict household. And just he couldn't take the societal, societal norms of how to be. And uh, we were talking about this before we started. Is the... There's a document documentary out on Bill Hicks, 
and it talks about him and his brothers. Basically, they have a ranch way out in the middle of Texas. It's a private ranch, private road, and they got a large dose of mushrooms. And so they went out there and they fasted for three days and took these mushrooms in a ceremonial context. And they had this experience where they saw seven balls of light come off of a UFO, and it came up to all three of them and explained to them telepathically that we are all one and there's no such thing as death. And they all had this experience. Now, two of them were like, wow, that was an incredible trip and didn't really run with it. But Bill took it as real and he ran with it and he lived his life like that. And man, like, we've both done large doses of plant medicine. We've both been to beautiful places where we're reminded of great truths, where we're reminded we're free, where we're reminded we're not limited. But why do we believe the other side? Why do we get sucked into that? Hmm. Yeah. It's a good question, Felix. I, I've had those experiences as well. I mean, for me, it wasn't in the form of balls of light, UFOs transmitting the message, but certainly connecting to that message and feeling it uh, specifically through plant medicine experiences, but also through other modalities. I did this uh, kind of course or seminar called Landmark some years ago, and it brought me to a very similar place, just like shedding really bringing to light all of our belief systems and seeing them for what they are. And then I had these experiences of like, they're all dropped and realizing this total freedom that we have. And, and yeah. And then that feeling of an illusory experience of being limited or being unable to remember our unlimited nature and, of existence of life that that really is true. It's absolutely, I mean, I don't know what's absolutely true, but it, I've had very, very truthful, honest experiences where that, that it's the truest thing I've ever experienced. The infant nature of existence and our actual total freedom in this realm. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, but whatever you did this morning in your practice, it really worked because I came into the, your garden here and a, it's been super intense. I've been having a hard time and, and you, you brightened me right up. So, so thank you. Uh, I really felt that. Uh, and yeah, so this election, if, you know, when you said stop, like when that chaos is happening in a ceremony and it's just like, stop, breathe, be present, one step at a time. Man, that's what I want to say to our country that we're from, United States. I just want to like scream like to myself as well, like stop. Everybody, like stop. Stop projecting your own hatred of yourself on everybody else. Stop picking a side and thinking the other side is evil because it's very obvious when I experience that for myself that it's just my own shit that I'm projecting out there. Everybody, like, stop. It's like, it, 
I, I feel anger about it, you know, and not even so much related to the outcome that I desire of this election, but just the, the reaction that's happening and this mentality that it's so divided that the other side is evil and bad. It's like, are you, are you crazy? I know the other side is not evil and bad because I've been on both sides. I'm a political chameleon in my life. And I've been on both sides of this division. I've seen both points of view. And it's me. And so if I'm going to hate the other side, i got to hate myself too. Sometimes I do. <laughs> but it's frustrating uh, just to witness that. To You know, sometimes I, I, I haven't been lately distancing myself from media you know there's definitely an attachment to want to know what's going on with election and all that and and the reactions and and sometimes i want to yell at media like stop stop creating division you're doing it you're creating division and then you're you're talking about it and complaining about it and pointing fingers about it but you're creating it you're creating a narrative that's dividing people and then it's like, well, it's not the media's fault. The people are choosing to consume it. Well, then everybody just stop. <laughs> Gather yourself. Realize that the people you're hating are, are you. They're exactly like you. They've just adopted a different story right now. And 99% of us have adopted a story that it's not even ours. We're just we're consuming a media and we're picking a side. We don't even have our own opinions about this shit. And so... In the name, like people are fighting and violence and hatred of others in the name of something that's not even theirs. It's like a, a story. And yeah, I really do have a sense for myself of, based on my values and my experiences in life, of what the best direction would be in terms of this election and the outcome. But I also recognize that, you know, even my own opinions and views about it are are influenced by what I consume, by the people I listen to and read, you know? But just for me, one side feels particularly much more aligned and truthful, and the other side feels like total bullshit. <laughs> but am I just being just like all the people I'm calling out? When I try, I, I really do, like... I know that if somebody were to sit down right now and tell me that they s support the other side, I just I'd be told I would embrace it and I'd want to have a conversation if they're open to it. If we can have a conversation and not get all triggered and worked up about it, and you know, I embrace and love many people that have different views than me, and th these conversations really need to happen. It's just echo chamber of one side and the other. And nobody's just sitting down and saying, hey, I love you no matter what. And our views are actually really a really small part of the big story of who we are and what we are. And we're letting this little thing just like divide us so much. And so it's like, hey, I love you. And maybe we can have a conversation about this so I can understand you better and you can understand me better. It reminds me of that music video, I'm Not a Racist, you know, the one you played me? Who, 
Who is it? Joyner Lucas. Yeah, it's really amazing. Uh, because it, it actually, it's like a, a rap of a really honest conversation between two people on the opposite sides of this fence, you know, and just expressing their truth about it. And the last time we watched it, I didn't want, I forget what the end is, but in the end, don't they hug? Yeah, they hug it out because they just got real with each other. They and purged. They purged and they didn't interrupt each other. So one guy just went about his purge and the other guy went about it and they didn't interrupt. They didn't jump in. They didn't get triggered. Or if they did get triggered, they just breathe through, let it pass. And they got it all out and then they hugged, you know, hugged it out. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, and that's just like one little piece of the picture of my life, but it's like definitely affecting me at a time when I, I really should probably distance myself from it because I'm dealing with a lot of other stuff going on and stuff that I need to do and make happen and this big transition and move to Europe, you know, and, and I'm just getting like, yeah, it's just that whole thing is just really bothering me and it unnecessarily, you know, so yeah, man. Ooh, Ooh I feel the energy then. <laughs> But I, I think this goes back to our earlier episodes where we started to talk about the webs of the mind and like how many thoughts are actually our own. And I think for me it, in this time, it's like actually figuring that out. I like I that's all I have right now is time to sit down and figure that out. So instead of adding more noise or more infection into a diseased mind, which is my own. Why don't I just stop and start dissecting it and figuring out where the root is of all of this? And you're saying it, you know, so powerfully and saying, yeah, it's it's us that we don't like. <clears throat> I have a personal <clears throat> story of that where this this person triggered me so much. They triggered me so much. I couldn't figure out why. And I sat down with Safa and I was like, Safa, I'm, I feel really triggered by this person. So, okay, what is it about them? What, what in this situation with this person do you feel like it is that's triggering you? And I said, whoa, they're lying to me and I don't like being lied to. And I said, okay, well, where are you lying to yourself? I was like, this isn't what I want. I wanted you to feed my argument. I wanted to get angry again. And I want you to be like, yeah, you're right. That person shouldn't lie to you. But instead, it's like, where am I lying to myself? I'm like, God dang it. All right. Here I am, back to square one. Where am I lying to myself? And I just, instead of throwing the echo chamber outwards and screaming at somebody else or getting angry at somebody else or whoever this person was, I just, I had to sit there and face myself with her staring at me and being witness, which was really uncomfortable, but I'd rather, I'd rather see clearly where I'm lying to myself than keep lying to myself and keep believing it. Cause man, I, I, <clears throat> I still think, okay, coronavirus, there's a virus. I think the biggest virus that has come through all of this has been the fear, the fear which then turned into anger, which then turned into hatred, which then turned into violence. And it's infected, it's infected me. This fear of the unknown, this fear of 
I have no idea what a month from now is going to look like. I'm watching Europe go into lockdown again. I'm watching parts of the U.S. go back into lockdown. Man, I could really be in lockdown again in a month or so. And I have no idea what that means for my long-term future. Great. I'll try not to be afraid. <laughs> I'll try not to be afraid as I watch everything fall around me. All right. So I'm afraid. But what am I doing to change that? <clears throat> and I think through medicine work, we have this opportunity to amplify fear to the umpteen thousandth degree, like your iboga your experience, and just watch it shatter us, watch it destroy us. And man, fear is fire. Even in, in German, we started speaking German early on. <laughs> Duh. Fuhr, uh, isn't it also fire? Yeah, I apologize if that's wrong, but I think I think Fuhr is also like leader or something. I don't. I don't let's let's remove that. <laughs> but but I think of this this word of fear as fire, and I'm and I'm burning alive, and I have all these ideas of what I want my world to look like right now, and they're not working. And the only thing I can work on right now is just my mental state. And I have to go back to square one and only work on my mental state or else if things get worse, I'm going to crumble. And to be aware of that <clears throat> and to be conscious of how I'm feeding this, these wolves inside of me because I'm really enjoying feeding that angry, frustrated, I'm screwed mentality instead of actually some opposite mentality. And it's been taking work to push myself back into like, a somewhat positive mentality into a hopefully a more positive mentality and it it's it's heavy it's like i'm walking up the mountain and my backpack's full of bricks and i'm just all my worries and all my anger and all my frustration and and i'm just carrying it and i just i'm just waiting for myself to set it down and again that that goes back to me <clears throat> being the one responsible and hopefully the one clear enough to actually be like all right i keep throwing bricks in my bag as i'm walking up this mountain i got to stop I really got to stop or else I'm going to fall. Yeah, I love that analogy of the backpack. And I think so many of us, we carry that backpack of all of our bricks and fear and anger and whatever it is. And we're waiting for someone else or for some outcome to take the bricks out of the backpack. So it's like, you know, related to the election, we're, we're, we're putting all of our hopes that if our guy wins then all the bricks will magically disappear from the backpack. But I have really terrible news for those of us that believe that. It's like there might be a few days of feeling relief and joy, but those bricks are still there. And we'll find someone else to point the finger at, to, to blame, and to expect that that'll remove the bricks. And And it's like this year has been such a reminder of that, the only person to be able to put the backpack down is me. And same thing with fear, man. I, I sometimes go down these rabbit holes of fear about the future, what I'm going to do, what's going to happen in the world and how it's going to relate to our, my life. And I'm going to be a father and, and just realizing there's nothing. The only thing in my control is how I respond to all of this. Really? Uh, Iboga showed me that too. And, and, and those, those, fear bricks aren't going to put themselves down no matter what happens. So 
what's in my control is really just my own response to the situation in the world. And I can choose what I pay attention to. This is, I'm reminding myself of this right now because I need this. I can choose what I direct my attention to. I can choose what I place my mind on in terms of envisioning the outcome that I really want in my life. And that'll play a big role. And if I continue to instead just feed these fear thoughts of uncertainty, then I'm going to perpetuate that in my life as well. And it's like, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm still here until I'm not. And as long as I'm here, I have the agency to take the power of my responses and how I respond to life and how I interact with it. Uh, and that's it, you know? So like, it's so clear to me that it's so clear to me that, you know, back to the election, that all the division that's happening with people, it's so clear to me that that actually has nothing to do with the external circumstances of whichever candidate. How is that clear to me? Because every other time in my life where there was a candidate that I wanted to win, if that person won, I was still the same guy and I still was dealing with the same shit in my life. It's just, I would focus it on something else. So let's remember that me remember that that no matter what happens, I'm still here until I'm not. And as long as I'm still here, I have a choice and one choice is actually really easy. The easy choice is the projection and blame and hatred and division. That's actually the easy road in terms of if that's our pattern, it's hard to form new patterns, new responses in life. So that's the easy road for most of us. Um, but in the long run, it's, a, it's, it's the hard road. So it's like you got to make a little effort to turn the direction a little bit here right now. But it's like, if you're walking in a straight line and you just turn your direction by 0 0.0001 degrees and you keep walking a straight line, a thousand miles down the road, you're going to end up in a very different location. <laughs> you know, so it's like even just a little shift in how I responded. And, you know, doing like what you did, like, yes, wake up and don't look at the political news self. Like, watch a comedy or or just put on some Bob Marley, you know, cook a good breakfast. Like, yeah, I can check the outcome of the election at some point, but I don't have to be obsessive about it. And I need to remember that that is not my, my whole life doesn't hinge on that. Sometimes it feels that way, but it's not true. My whole life hinges on me and the, how I respond to my experience and what kind of practices and what kind of music I listen to first thing in the morning. It's easy to slide down that that slippery slope of the easy way, which is to get addicted to division and fear and and to forget to see that I am everybody else. We're all the same thing. That's like a, some people think that's like a a, a woo 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 spiritual blah blah blah. That's the critic in my mind that says that. But it's true. We're all like we're the same thing and the same consciousness 
and we're just dividing ourselves. It's so stupid, man. It's so stupid when I really look at it. But that's our nature, and that's our that's our work. That's our homework in this existence. I truly believe that. That that's one of the big lessons of living in this realm, in this incarnation as a human being, is learning to recognize that we create our own suffering and division uh, through what we choose to place our free will of attention on, you know? It's so stupid, man. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, we, but I love us. I love us, yeah. Sometimes, man, we just... We just fall down. We're just silly, you know? We get, we get lost. No, poor us. But <laughs> I, I, I want to even take us on a hypothetical downward journey. I want us to like, and I do this because it's like, we have to go through our worst fears to realize they're not our worst fears. And now, okay, say this, we'll, we'll equate it to coronavirus. Say coronavirus explodes, everyone gets it, and we all get put into quarantine they come out and they say it's time for mandatory vaccinations and we have to track and make sure that you're, you know, we know where you're going so you don't spread it more and uh, we're not going to open up things for five more years. Whew, that's pretty dark. And this is, this is my, my dark. Okay, so I've lost, I've lost the ability to go outside, go down to the shop without being a tracked number. I've lost the ability to have freedom of movement, which is super important. And maybe even my thought is really focused on this whole situation of I'm trapped. I'm in a prison. <clears throat> All right. Well, now what? I'm in the prison. I'm locked down. I'm, I've got chips in my arms and cameras watching me. I can't go anywhere. I can't move. But what can? Now what? What can? And man, some of the most influential, most powerful people in history were prisoners. And through their, their prison or their, their sentence, they discovered ultimate freedom. Okay, all right. That's a cool idea. Well, that's great. That's, that's really high up there, man. I don't know if I can climb that mountain. I'm really stuck. I'm hungry. I'm bored. I want to go outside. And I want to hang out with my friends without a mask on and a shield and a bodysuit and all this nonsense. Mm. I can't. I can't. I can't get there on the same level as you. I can't get up there into those mindsets. I can't do that. I'm not. I'm not like Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X, who was locked in prison, wrote some incredible, incredible letters. It was Malcolm X. Yeah. Um I can't I can't be that person. Oh, can you? Can you not? Can I not in this moment go from I'm completely fucked to okay, I have unlimited amount of time for myself to figure this little cool puzzle out I'm pointing at my mind. Let's figure it out. And there's a story that was shared with me in the Shipibo village, and I love this story because it reminds me of this, this mentality. There was a muraya, 
and Murayen Shipibo is, uh, it literally translates to someone who is sought and found. It is the highest level curandero, maestro, in this in this world of Shipibo curanderismo. <laughs> and so they're very wise, and they can fly and teleport and do all kinds of cool magical things. So this man's sitting on his porch, and this is back in a time when the police were killing a lot of the maestros and the Shipibo <clears throat> Because they weren't falling in line. And so the police show up at this man's house, this Muraya's house, and he's sitting on the porch and he's fishing. And they come up to him and they say, uh, Hey, so-and-so, we got to take you to jail. And he says, oh, okay. So they take him to jail. He says, oh, but just so you know, I'm, I'm going to escape. Like, okay, weirdo, all right. So they bring him to jail and they lock him inside. And they go back in the morning, and he's gone. They're like, what? He disappeared. Okay. So they go back to the village, and there he is sitting on his porch fishing, smoking a mapacho. And they say, look, man, we're not kidding. We have to take you to jail. You need to be locked down. It's time for you to go to prison. So, okay, okay. But I'm going to escape. So they bring him to, to jail. And they put him in solitary confinement. There's no windows. There's only one door. They put guards outside. And the next morning he's gone. So they go back to the Shipibo village. And there he is sitting on his porch fishing, smoking a mapacho. And he looks at them and he says, we can do this as many times as you want to, but I'm always going to escape. Now, within the context of ayahuasca or plant medicine, doesn't matter what it is, we come to a stage where we start to realize that our whole health, our, our entire health, our entire life is dependent on our mind. Todo es shinan. Everything is mind. Okay, here's the seed of an idea that has infinite potential to free me from myself what am I going to do with that no prison can never hold me down no jail doesn't mean even if I created it even if I put myself in there and I'm afraid and I need this and I need that it can't hold me because I made it I let it have power and so even if I'm locked down in my home, even if I have a chip in my arm, even if there's guards outside my door, even if I don't even have a door, and I'm sitting there and it's dark and lonely and I'm afraid, I know there is a way out. I can escape. And to remember that and to keep that as kind of my, my core rhythm, because I... I'll sit outside sometimes and I put my headphones in and I look at the news or I look at the world and I'm like, ah, we're fucked. <laughs> People are rioting. We're all in lockdown. There's a virus that's going to kill everybody. Oh, there's this, this, this man's evil and that man's evil and they're both running for president. Oh, my God. We're screwed. Am I? <laughs> Am I really? I'm sitting outside. I'm drinking my coffee. There's birds flying around everywhere. I actually feel pretty damn good and I don't need to put that crap inside my brain to weigh me down anymore. And if that means I need to 
abstain completely from news, I'm happy to do that because I haven't had a good lick of news from the my phone in since I've ever read the news. I can't remember the last time I saw something that was like beautiful. And Bill Hicks talks about this. We love we love our Bill Hicks, you know. He's he's been my hero, my one of my guides. <laughs> he talks about uh how you never hear a positive drug story on the news. Isn't that strange? He said, Today there's a young man on acid who realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration. That we are all one consciousness experiencing, experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. The outside world is not going to make me more free. Period. I can only do that for myself. And if that means I have to wake up and listen to Modest Yahoo and make myself laugh, I'll do it. Even if I look like a dumbass in my kitchen. And I think and I hope that during this time we start to realize that, wow, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this pressure of fear and confusion. I don't not trying to preach. I'm personally, Felix, I'm tired of fear and confusion. I'm tired of consuming it. I'm going to do something else. I'm just going to step away from it all. I'm going to be happy. And hopefully I, I can bring it up enough in myself to share it with my friends. Hopefully I can even put that into this podcast. I don't know. Maybe you listen to this and you're like, man, that guy's crazy. Great. <laughs> I want to be crazy and happy. I don't care if I'm crazy. <laughs> We're all crazy, man. Yeah, you know, when I was, it's like when I reflect on this whole year, and particularly when I was in Gabon and everything that happened and all the fear that I experienced when the lockdown started and in Iboga and I thought it was going to be stuck in Africa forever. And I was looking at the news, freaking out about it all. And I realized that if I had, Like if, if if somehow all the story of what was going on in the world magically disappeared and no one was talking about it, then all that shit could be going on and all of my experience in Gabon would have been totally different. My All the fear that was coming up was all in my mind. It was all based on stories I was reading and my mind's reaction to it. Meanwhile, outside in the compound, it was like there's food, the sun is shining. There was a beach right there. And there was no evidence at that time of any deadly virus that's going to come and kill me. And so, and there was no evidence even that I was going to be stuck in Africa and I was going to die there. Like, and so that whole experience was based on meant like stories that I was telling myself based on stories that I was reading. But there was no supporting actual evidence in the physical reality in front of me. And it's the same right now. We're just sitting here. And it's like, oh, the election. Like, you know, some people live in the States and outside their apartment there's riots. So it's like, it's in their face. But even most people in the States, like, they just turn it all off. It's not happening. It's not in front of me. It's not happening. So, it, it, you know, the, the beauty of the internet and this interconnected world is we can communicate with anybody anywhere and 
we have access to this vast ocean of infinite information, but that's also the curse of it. That's like, we're not designed, we're not evolved, we're not programmed to actually be able to integrate and process the amount of information that we're being presented with. You know, evolutionarily, we're, we're, we're pretty much programmed just to be able to handle like what's in our immediate surrounding. We're only really able to um, maintain, I think it's like up to a hundred relationships beyond that is it's just too it's we just can't handle it and we're programmed to also respond and react to situations that threaten our lives so evolutionarily maybe that was just living in a cave and there's a lion outside and we need to protect the cave and the people or run away from the lion you know and so we're still running off of this that program and yet we are inputting all this information in the world that triggers that very primal fear response but it's completely unrelated to the present moment and what is actually happening around for a vast majority of us and so our bodies and minds are reacting as if there's a lion right outside the cave and we need to run away from it and our life is in immediate danger based on because we're absorbing everything that's happening in the world or, or we're at least trying to we're reading about it and it, it it just causes chaos in the mind one thing i've been just reflecting on a lot right now is again in regards to the division in in human in humanity right now it's a lot of this division is driven by this over accessed information and basically you can go down whichever rabbit hole you choose of information and find a, something that seems really true and so you know you, you look at you, even the pandemic is causing huge division because people are consuming information that that creates a narrative and a truth that seems really true about it and therefore people who consume another set of information seem like they're totally out of their mind and crazy and and wrong and and i've had my own journey with this thing like i've ranged i've run the full gamut of experiences with this pandemic ranging from full-on conspiracy like when it first started i had doubts that it even existed i was like is there even a virus? You know, I would see these YouTube videos where people are going around in New York City because New York City's talking about how it's crazy and the hospitals are full and they go to the hospitals and there's nobody there. And so then I'm like, oh shit, well, it's, it's not even real. And then I get all scared that, that this is a big conspiracy to, to enslave humanity and lock us down and take away all of our rights and freedoms. And I've, I've experienced that point of view to varying degrees over these past, whatever, seven months that it's been. And then I've been, I've, I've also been all the way on the other side of the thing, which is a very literal viewpoint that is also the viewpoint supported by a media that I totally don't trust because it's, it's proven, especially in this election cycle, that they're full of shit. So what do I believe? And so if they're the ones laying out the very, uh, straightforward practical truth about the pandemic like well 
that's like the boy who cried wolf. I don't know if I can believe them. They've been lying about so many things so blatantly, creating division, political division, social division. So, so I, I don't know if I can trust them, but nonetheless, sometimes I still do take a very objective, like the obvious point of view that this is a virus. I don't even, I don't know where it came from. It might've been created and escaped from a lab. It might've come from an animal. It might've uh, been intentionally put into humanity. Who knows? I, I don't know if we'll ever know or I'll ever know. It doesn't matter. Um, but the, the, the point of view that's the mainstream view is that, yeah, it's a virus and we don't know what to do with it. And people are getting super sick and vulnerable people are dying and hospitals run the risk of getting totally overwhelmed. And that's why we have to lock down and shut down. And to me, that also makes per, it makes total sense when I, I can jump into that viewpoint. And it's actually the one I prefer because it comes with the least amount of fear because there's no there's no unanswered questions. There's no, it's just like, oh, it's just this shitty thing happened and we're trying to deal with it and it sucks. It's much easier than the more conspiracy-oriented ones, which means that there was some sort of intention with all of this, at least with the response to it. And it's a, it's a mechanism to, to create more control, top-down control of human beings in order for us to fulfill some kind of agenda, which may or may not be uh, related to uh, giving our power away to some more some powerful beings that have more political power and financial power and they just want to control us in their own best interest that's totally possible too man i i i don't know and but but what this just what this has me reflecting on is there's like a war being fought over like what's true and we have too much information to know anymore to know what's true and 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 I just have this huge mistrust right now of all truths, all, all people that are claiming a truth about this. Someone comes and talks to me and just gives me the whole Bill Gates spiel and all of that. Part of me is like, yeah, that's possible. But also, like, I, I don't trust you when you're saying that. How much of you saying this full conspiracy story is just you projecting your own fears and mistrust? Maybe you had a really difficult relationship with your father who betrayed your trust and now you're projecting that story out onto the world and finding a reason that finding an excuse for your feeling of disempowerment and blaming it on some invisible powers like like that's one reflection i have and then the literal people i'm also like i don't trust you either because you're just not taking into account the devious nature of some human beings and you think that we're just all innocently dealing with this. And like, there's also a lot of evidence that I can see that it's really shady. There's some shady shit going on, but I don't know. So that's also really, di that's a challenging navigation for me. Um, and I really fluctuate back and forth on all points of view. And I think that and the blessing of that is it allows me to not hate anybody because I've really, I've run the full gamut of, of stories on this whole pandemic, you know, and it, I think it's really bringing to light something that's an issue right now and that's that we don't know what's true we don't and and there's so many truths to choose from and that's causing division and what do we do about that like 
So, I mean, all I can do is just drop all of it and just admit to myself that I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. And what can I do today to facilitate a more connected and joyful experience of this precious life that I have? Like, that's all, that's the only thing, like nothing else, I, I, I can't, I don't, I can't know anything else. And if I get attached to a certain story about what's going on, then I'm attached to it. And then if evidence presents itself that might be contradicting to it, then I fight that. And then I'm attached to this identity. Then I get confused again. And that identity has to die. And it's like, we pin our identities. That's what's happening right now. People pinning their entire identity of who they are on a set of what they believe to be truths. Maybe in the end, there's a little bit of everything. Maybe, yes, it's it's a stupid accident that happened with this virus and it sucks. And maybe also some people are taking advantage of that in order to uh, to further their own agenda. And maybe they're not even doing so consciously. Maybe they're just doing that, justifying all their actions to themselves that they're trying to do what's best for people. But but they don't have enough self-awareness to realize that they're actually um, advancing their own agenda and using this as a power grab. So I don't know, man. I just don't know. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's true. I don't know. The only truth is within. But wow. Like, I don't know. I'm free. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm that free. is freedom, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you need. I don't know what I need. I got to figure that out. And man, like, I'm free because I don't know anything. <laughs> I think of the master, I don't know what stories these are from, but from certain stories, the, the, master, the student comes up to the master and the master says to the student, you need to forget everything you think you know. I mean, Morpheus said that to Neo. You need to forget everything you think you know. It's no longer real. And it it goes back to this funny thought experiment that happened on Earth, on this funny planet that we're on, was uh, flat Earth. Hey, man, is the Earth flat? I even allowed myself to go down that rabbit hole because I wanted to experience it. But... With that thing, I mean, people were like, okay, well, here's the evidence. You can't see this, and there's all this evidence that it's round, and there's all this evidence. Now they're trying to create that it's flat, and I don't I don't know. And I got to this place with that whole thing, because I remember people, some people really believed it. And I was listening to them, and I just got to this place of like, you'll never know unless you go. But even then... Because your eyes might be deceiving you. We actually can't know anything. <laughs> that's so, the honest truth. We can't. Not, well, that's not, not anything. There are things we can know. Such as? You can know yourself. Yes. And, I, well, I, myself is always changing. But even knowing that it changes, that's knowing it. Yes. So this is... I think you're referring to not a factual knowledge, but a, a, it's the knowing that comes from the not, it's the knowing that we don't know. That's the only true know. It's the only, 
the only truthful knowledge is the knowledge that we have we don't know anything we 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 can't be certain about anything that i know well look look at there's the the zoomed out picture of the universe and you have like this really small blip on this massive picture of this universe and there's this huge i mean it's galaxy upon galaxy universe upon universe it's the milky way that we're looking at and that's just one galaxy man we don't even really know everything that's on this earth we still haven't discovered large portions of it and then there's space then there's galaxies and universes and then there's the multiverse and oh my god we get so stuck in this i can read my news and i can know that this person's bad or this person's good and man we're floating on a giant rock in the middle of space and we don't even know what's outside of our planet we're concerned about who's good and bad come on <laughs> seriously do you know who neil degrasse tyson is yeah. he's you know he's an astrophysicist and he's really smart when it comes to astrophysics and it you know, eloquently describing these things. Although even when he's talking about it, I still don't understand half of what he's talking about. But, you know, in, in my unhealthy use of Twitter lately, he's on there just like from his podium of being a super smart guy, declaring all these really nasty things about people who disagree with him politically or... And, and it's like... I just sense from how he's explaining it that he he knows that he is the smartest man in, alive and what he says is true about it but he doesn't realize that he's he's, he's he sounds like an idiot <laughs> and I'm talking shit and that's not good but 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 in a way he's talking shit and I'm just trying to call that out it's like just because you're you, you have an intellect that can understand understand a certain degree of astrophysics doesn't give you a monopoly on on an opinion it was just really mean what he was saying i was like that's really gross man i thought you were smart but it's like maybe the smarter we are the the more attached to our intellect we are you know that's a hard one you know in my previous life before all this you know i really valued intelligence like intellect intelligence but it's 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 a beautiful thing but uh it's also a trap i think the more powerful our intellect is the more we can get trapped in ideologies and just just so because we're really good at at defending them and at making them make sense in our own minds you know so it's it's like a it's a trap like some of the most intelligent people I know are also uh, the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My intellect is failing me right now. Scholarly. What? No, they're th like that, but also um, like, uh, I can't think of the word, but just like crazy, just like lost in their mind, uh, anxious and nervous and just swimming around up there all day long because it's so powerful. It's really powerful. But it's, it's, it's also can be totally misleading when we just 
give it, give all those stories. And when we declare to ourselves that our perception of what's true outside of ourselves is the ultimate truth, that's the danger. That's the dangerous path. And that's, it's, it's what's being reinforced right now because people have access to information and people have access to media and people have access to really eloquent and convincing people that are declaring their side to be truth, whether it's the far conspiracy side or the, or the mainstream obvious side, you know, it's like, but if everyone just gave up and just was like, I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is the podcast of, I don't know. Yeah. In conclusion. Yeah. But I think it's really beautiful what you said about, you know, what it, it's like liberation comes from it, the fertile ground for that is the not knowing. And then we, we have to really keep in like a, like a Hawkeye really watch the mind because it's continually trying to develop a story of that we call truth. And man, I, I think a lot of our looking outwards, looking for a leader, looking for a guru, looking for a master, looking for a teacher is because in some sense we're lacking or I'm lacking a self-guiding force that I can trust. I don't think I know what's best for me. I need to find a guru who would tell me what's best for me. I need to find a master. I need to find a president. I need to find a leader of state and country that'll tell me what's good for me. An interesting example <laughs> is a natural disaster. And instead of going outside and looking at the sky or looking at the fire that's on the mountain... We go inside and turn on the news. Should we leave? Should we go to a shelter? We'll just wait. We'll just wait. They haven't said anything yet. I don't know. It looks it looks like it's a bit. No, we should, let's just wait. Instead of the natural instinct of, that looks like a tornado. I need to go out. I need to go. We wait for somebody to be like, you know, this is a national live broadcast of emergency. You need to take cover. Take cover. Wow. I can look outside and figure it out for myself. Why do I have to wait for the television to tell me to do that? Why do I need to wait for the guru? Why do I need to wait for the master to tell me I am somewhere I am that is good for me? Why do I need to wait and listen to everyone else tell me? Why do I need medicine to tell me what's good for me? I actually don't. And this is a super sticky trap not being inner guided, not having an inner leader in ourselves that we can follow, not having that trust or that faith in ourselves that actually I know if a tiger was in front of me, I'd go somewhere fast or find a machete and fight for my life or play dead. Or play dead. And, and I see this a lot in the medicine work is that's going to save me. That's going to change my life. It's going to help me be free or whatever. It's going to heal me. That maestro is going to heal me. That whatever is going to heal me. 
It's going to take away these bricks that are on my back and I'm going to be free and I'm going to be happy. And you know what? You won't. Ever. Ever. That's an illusion. You're getting trapped in this idea that someone else can help you be a better you. And that you even need to be a better you is a lie too. And why do I believe it? Why am I going to these self-improvement things? Why am I reading books on self-improvement? What do I want to improve? <laughs> why? why do I need a book to tell me how to think when I'm using it every second of the day? And I just, I'm not saying that medicine cannot be beneficial. I'm not saying that that maestro cannot help you through great transitions in your life and in your mindset. But without the willingness to actually see that it's just you helping yourself through that door, you won't make it. I won't make it. And in this time of coronavirus, I've had an opportunity to drink quite a bit of ayahuasca. And I could see this like subtle pull of like, all right, I'm hitting a low and I got to... I need to go back to medicine. I need to sing this crap out of my brain. I got to clean it out of my brain. It's got to go. All right. I've sing, I've sung it out of my brain. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, it's heavy. Woo, that's heavy weight. It's, heavy. it's even heavier. Oh, man. That must be this trauma back there. Man, I better go back and drink that again and look at my trauma. I got to look at my trauma. I got to face my trauma. I got to go my shadow. Shadow, 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 shadow. Cool, I moved it. All right, I've integrated it. Maybe. And life is coming back again. And it's hard again. <sighs> what am I doing? What am I chasing? Why am I running in circles? Yeah, why? This, this, like when, when I was in Africa with this Iboga thing, I think one realization I had was that how afraid I was of the not knowing and perhaps that fear is was is a big driver in my life actually so maybe we're running in circles and doing 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 and trying to be better better just to give ourselves some sort of illusion of certainty and what we are and it's perfectly human and 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 in fact, that motivation, that drive is what leads to creation and beautiful things happening. So it's not a bad thing, but it, I think it is important to recognize or to explore. Maybe it's not even that, to explore that underlying, like, what is, what is this? Why can't, why is it so hard to just be satisfied with me as I am right now, you know? And when I was in Gabon and all this was happening and pandemic started and Iboga and and I was really panicking about being stuck there and never seeing my wife again and like dying. It was crazy. And I would ask people like, do you, do you think we're going to get out of here? And they would say, I don't know. And every time they said, I don't know, I'd start crying. I'd freak out. I was like, no, that's not the, why can't someone tell me everything's going to be okay? Why can't someone tell me that? Yes, you're going to get out of here. Everything's going to be fine. They did me a huge favor by not giving me some kind of false they were being perfectly honest they didn't know and they were much better at handling not knowing than I was uh but I, I couldn't handle it you know and it was really it really showed me it was a very humbling experience to realize that 
this this even there the illusion that I can handle anything and you know you talk about the prison situation it's like I imagine if I'd been stuck in Gabon for long enough eventually I would have by necessity come out of that kind of fear state and and I imagine I would eventually just accepted that I don't know and this is how it is now and one step at a time That was like my biggest fear was like that of of not knowing what's gonna happen in in my life, not knowing if I'm gonna get home. Like that was that might have been worse than if someone told me you're never going home. Man, eh, maybe not. Cause at least in that not knowing there was a possibility that it's all gonna be okay, but I was really addicted to the possibility that it's not. All my attention was going to that and all of my mind just kept playing out these these terrible outcomes. And, you know, for me, that was also a recognition. I think everyone responds to these things differently based on what it's touching on. And for me, it was just, you know, we've talked about this before. It was clearly, in retrospect, clearly triggering the uh, trauma from my mom. When my mom died when I was four, it was like that trauma was just still just really playing out in the background. And this whole event just triggered that of this, like, everything going to shit it was like a terrible experience that everything just fell apart and went to shit and every the 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 person that i that was like the only true and reliable thing in my life my mother you know at that stage that was gone and so it just stripped stripped away any knowing of who i am because at four years old we really still in the stage of tying our identity to our parents you know and for me, it was my mother. She was the one I lived with at the time. And and I was just gone. And so this whole thing in, in Africa just really brought that all to the surface, you know. And that exact, like, the feeling was exactly the same. I didn't remember what, what I felt like when I found out my mom died. It was, you know, sudden, unexpected. But that's what I felt in Africa. And it was just replaying that that feeling that everything has fallen apart. Everything has gone to shit. And there's like the, the attachment to certainty and knowing was gone, you know? And I I think that I spent my life and into my adult life, basically my whole life was a, was a, a creation from that trauma in the sense that I would set up my life and I would avoid any sort of, uncertain outcomes i would do my best and if things were looking a little bit bleak in terms of a relationship might fall apart i would just run away and not let it fall apart i just run away and start a new one and so i don't even know what my point is here except that just this for me that uncertainty and and the things i attach to of that I tell myself that's who I am. I am this story. I am this relationship. I am this job. I am this outcome. I am this particular, particularly spiritual person. Like all of that was just, just totally stripped away. This is like the greatest lesson, the greatest teaching I could ever ask for because it was going straight to the root of my, my suffering, you know, and, is it resolved? No way. 
but there is certainly m- more of a sense of understanding of where where that comes from. And I, I think from that understanding is kind of a, it's like a shining a light on it. And from there, I think a lot of growth and healing can happen because there's an awareness. It's like, first we need to become aware of, yeah, this underlying, what is this drive? What What is it that makes me feel that I'm not enough, that I have to keep striving? Why do I feel like I have to keep impressing people? Why is it that when I go to jujitsu and I, when we, we we're rolling, we're sparring and I lose and I just, and I feel like a total failure and I, like why like exploring these themes you know and i think there's that curiosity to understand the underlying drivers of what drive us away from a presence and connection that is the key to all of this and so uh, that's why we got to stop stop take stock of what's going on for me right now take a breath and let's act from here <laughs> rather than being on autopilot reaction mode all the time. And, and you know, trauma is a big deal, and I think trauma makes it particularly challenging and difficult for people to get out of that autopilot mode because the trauma creates a program. Basically, when a big trauma happens, any kind of trauma, we, we create a, a program around that in our ego structure that's designed to protect us from that trauma, basically but that protective mechanism is what keeps us keeps us in autopilot to avoid it so it's protecting us but there there comes a point inevitably and i think that people with trauma there they eventually there's a point where there's a calling to heal this there's a recognition that this autopilot this protection is no longer serving and then that's when you know it's time to like face these things and yeah you know I don't know, man. I but I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's gonna be how I come in these times. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think of your situation in Gabon. Very. I actually think about it quite often. But from my perspective, I get to watch as an outsider from my home, from the comforts of where I am. This challenge that you were facing. And the fear you were facing. I I didn't I wasn't there. I didn't feel it. But you were aware of it. I got to I got to witness. Yeah. I got to watch it as like a movie. And it's interesting hearing more and more about it as we, we go on what your mind state was in that place, in that situation. And I see you saying, I don't know, or these people saying to you, I don't know. And man, in that moment of I don't know, you made a choice and you changed your world. You did magic. You did things that were practically impossible very successfully. So through that place of I don't know, you excelled. And from my perspective, you may see, and and, and just to to acknowledge that and to see that what you went through was an incredibly big initiation. I remember something from a book on magic I read. I think this is a quote from Aleister Crowley. Interesting feller. But um, he said, true initiation doesn't end. 
and as I was listening to you, that that quote just went woo over my head, and I was like, oh, true initiation doesn't end. Man, well, in the stories it does. You know, they they go in, they meet the master, they go through these incredible challenge, and they've been initiated. And they now hold the keys of magic of the universe and space and time. Blah, blah, blah. Actually, it doesn't end. There's no end to initiation. So as... Even if... Not in a narcissistic perspective, but everything that is happening right now, coronavirus, crazy elections, riots, wars, whatever, hatred, that's my initiation. I'm still in it. And for me to remember that as a tool of a filter that I can use to actually navigate it again and being like, oh yeah, I have to remember my my ABCs, <laughs> my mindset. I have to remember it all. I have to go back. All right, all right. I'm facing this initiation. I'm still here. <laughs> I haven't I haven't moved on. I'm still in the middle of it. And to watch what you did with what your your initiation there's a boga initiation for you as it continued, as it continues now, as you're still evolving through it. It gives me hope. It gives me faith, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I think what happened, uh, you know, the miraculous journey of getting back here and all that, it was basically in the, the state of despair I was in, I had made a choice to do whatever I could in my power to get home. And I was hugely supported by people, forces seen and unseen. But it, it, it was a huge teaching for me in, in the power of, and we've talked about this, but I've said this several times, you know, I visualized walking into my garden here in Peru and Waran and seeing my wife and that, that scene played itself out exactly when I got home and that whole journey, it was ups and downs and there were many, uh, road bumps in terms of my own process around it and going back into despair and I'm not going to make it and all this, but, but underneath all that, I made a choice that I was going to get home and and basically, until I die, nothing can, will stop me from getting home. That was the choice. Because it's true. Like, ultimately, I, 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 I was going to get home or die trying, <laughs> basically. And so there's only two outcomes. Either you get home or you die. It's really simple. And, you know, if it had led to me building a raft in paddling across the Atlantic or attempting to, you know, that's what it, that's what it would have come to. I, I had, I, I envisioned like fucking, yeah, like hopping onto a cargo ship and hiding. I was contacting private charter, uh, airplanes and they were quoting me at like $180,000 to get back to Peru. But they were like, yeah, we can make it happen. And in my mind, I was like, well, if that's what I have to do, I will find that money. I was actually starting to knock on some, you know, ask some people that I know they can support this. And, but you know, when I made that choice and I accepted, I will get home and I just completely put all my focus and direction on that choice. 
it was like something switched and and then the path started opening up it was just the determination really powerful experience of like being so absolutely determined to get home and so many obstacles from the repatriation flights that miraculously happened when no one said they would to getting malaria while in quarantine and not having the medication and and then the the car ride across Peru through 30 police checkpoints and each one of them told us we can't go on and we ended up going on it's like this the determination was unstoppable you know I was just completely obsessed and determined and that's what happened <laughs> but why did you need the pressure of Armageddon to realize you're a magician <laughs> well, I guess uh, it's really you know it's like we're, f- we're forged in fire right so it's really those moments in life that really really bring us uh, to the brink that that the medicine in those moments is they 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 bypass our limited thoughts our limited story about what's possible and what's not possible because we kick into a different mode it's like you know they say like in extreme moments of fear you know and fighting for our life we can muster the physical strength that is beyond what we actually have in, in, in a struggle for our lives, like something kicks in. And so I think that this, that fire man is what forges it. And, and then it's easy to get comfortable again. And, and when we're comfortable, being comfortable is nice. And I'll never take it for granted ever again, but it's also in that comfort. Uh, it's, it's hard to see past it and to make, the outcome that we want because there isn't that pressure of you got to survive. So I think a lot of really successful people, they intentionally put themselves in discomfort and it really drives them. So I think of like uh, Jocko Willink, you know, Jocko, former Navy SEAL, jujitsu guy, badass. And he, you know, every day he wakes up like at 4 30 AM and he, and he, and his mind is like, oh, just stay in bed a little longer, you know. But he he has a really strong, strong will to overcome that. It's not like his mind is making it easy for him. Every day he goes through the struggle of overcoming the comfort and goes up at 4.30 and is working out every day and just like just this will and determination. And some people have that. And some of us need uh, like circumstances to fire that up in our life and yeah perhaps you know one outcome of all this experience is maybe that that did trigger something that I can turn to and connect to of of this really willpower and, and determination you know to whatever it takes to create the outcome in my life to create a podcast and to be a father and all these things it's like if i just set my intention on that that i'm going to be a good father i'm going to be able to provide and create an amazing life then nothing but death will stop me from that outcome 
the that outcome is inevitable until it's not until I'm dead so yeah that's 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 really a precious gift actually to recognize that I'm really glad we're talking about this because it's it's true until we die we can't be stopped We think we can be stopped. We can get comfortable, but we can make a choice to not be stopped. This is why I had I, that ayahuasca ceremony where I, in the ceremony, I had this whole vision of how I was going to become president of the United States. And it was really clear in that ceremony that if I really, really, really choose that, that nothing can stop me if I absolutely dedicate my life and direction to that outcome. The only thing that will stop me is death. Like, so in dying, if, 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 if we set our mind on a goal and we put everything into it and we die before we get there, that's not a failure because we were actually in the direction of achieving that. And then death, which is simply a transition happens. But the only time, the only thing that's a failure is we allow ourselves to succumb to the distractions and comforts. But even that, is that even a failure? Because we're making a choice to just actually change our direction. But I just don't think that we can really have any excuses to not pursue that which we want. Like there is, there's, there's nothing, there's no excuse die trying <laughs> you man you hit some some ringers oh man well within that I just see you you've just you're holding this gem this perfect gem of you made your reality what you wanted it to be and you just used your determination, your mind, your willpower, and you did it. And it's like, we technically don't need extreme circumstances to get there. Not all of us. But most of us do. We need that extreme challenge of I'm faced with the impossible. But I'm going to get there. And I'm not going to stop. And man, I just, I want to I wanna hold that gem for a bit. <laughs> Because that's that's potent. That's you know, I, I watch myself stop doing something because I'm not good at it. And I've just started it. Why do I do that? All right. I'm gonna try jujitsu. I'm gonna try martial art. Cause I really want to learn how to be more in my body, more confident, whatever. I wanna be good at jujitsu. And I go, and the first time I roll with Chase, he just demolished me. I was just uh, panicking under him. I was freaking out. He's moving my arms all over the place. I didn't know where to grab. I didn't know what to do. And I just I felt like a fool because there was some lie in me that said, I, I think I can fight, you know. And uh, I was I was believing that. And then to actually have to face learning a martial art, it's like, well, I have two options here. I can 
really actually accept that I suck at martial arts, that I suck at jujitsu, and be okay with that, and get destroyed, and get submitted 10 million times until I can learn how to submit somebody once. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to give up. And I became kind of a jujitsu crackhead, as, as Chase calls it, or I called it. <laughs> a jujitsu crackhead. And I was like, I just, I just want to learn. I'm, I'm not good at this. And I'm still not good at this. But I just want to keep learning. And there's so many nuances to it. As I, as I watch Chase as we roll, there's just so many little things he does that determine me losing every single time how is life any different from that there are so many variables that keep determining I'm not going to make it to the place I thought I was going to make it and maybe I actually have to change what I'm aiming for I'm not even aiming in the right place anymore and this is where that stop hit me so hard is because I, I realized I'm throwing darts into space and they're not hitting anything. I'm not going anywhere right now. And everything I'm throwing darts at has to de- is, has, is determined on a circumstance being perfect for its f- flowering. And I'm just throwing darts at it. These ideas. I should be this. This is what my life should look like. I wanted it to be this. And it's not going to be that way. So, okay, i got to stop and actually figure out what I'm aiming for. What, what am I aiming for now? If everything is crumbling around me, like, uh, have you seen Watchmen? The movie Watchmen? The movie Watchmen is based off a comic book. And the, the author of this comic is, he's a magician. Literally, he's a magician. <clears throat> but in Watchmen, Rorschach says, we mustn't compromise even in the face of Armageddon. And I've made so many compromises in the face of my Armageddon, my personal Armageddon. And I'm just letting, I'm just giving myself excuses to be more lazy, to be whatever. I just gave myself so much room to just blah, let go and eat chips and sit on the couch and watch Netflix and just consume, 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 consume. And I'm just going to let the world kind of numb me because I don't want to go back and face throwing darts at nothing anymore. I'm, and I'm tired of that. I'm done. I'm done doing that. I'm done. And I want to... I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of myself. At times. <laughs> I'm in control. I'm determining what my day looks like. Why do I keep choosing crap? Why do I keep making it depressing? Why do I keep thinking the world is over, that I can't do anything right now? Why do I give myself that excuse? I don't want to do that. And I'm, I thank God for this podcast. This is a wonderful gift in my life. And it's brought so much joy and, and explorations in these places of the mind. Because I need to reflect on these. But there's always more. And, and I think for me right now, like... I I want to I want to discover myself cuz that's all I really can do. And so I have to figure out why I keep throwing darts into 
to space when I'm not hitting anything. I have to turn around and face a target that I can actually hit. And the first thing I can hit is my mental space, my mental state day by day. And it doesn't seem super cool. It's not exciting. It's actually kind of boring and it's a lot of fucking work. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the, you know, it's tiring. I could so easily just go back and be like, oh, well, you know, Netflix is, you know, I'm actually re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I really enjoy Brooklyn Nine. It's funny. It's lighthearted and, and it's easy and it's mind candy and I'm just, blah. But I don't want to allow my, I'm not setting, I'm done setting a low bar for myself. I'm done doing that. And it's time that I raise the bar for myself. And I make sure I get there. And it's not dependent on anyone. And I'm not going to say where the bar is for anyone because it doesn't matter on what anyone else thinks about that bar. That bar is high for me. And I'm going to set it. And I'm going to get there. And just like your determination with Iboga and getting home in Gabon and this huge, impossible journey, I'm going to make it back into my garden. We all need a little Brooklyn Nine-Nine sometimes. But you know what, man? With the darts... I found a way, I'm going to share with you, everybody. I can hit the bullseye with the dart from 100 yards away 100% of the time. The the mind bullseye or the real bullseye? Literally, I can hit the bullseye with a dart from 100 yards away every time. You know how I do it? Oh. I take the dart and I walk to the bullseye and I fucking put it there. <laughs> Every time until I die. So I think that that's, it's, I don't know, it's a metaphor for me. It's like if we're, you know, the metaphor throwing darts and just hoping that they get somewhere. And we can practice a lot and all that, but really the only, there's a surefire way to hit the bullseye. If, you, if, the, if your intention is to hit the bullseye in your life, and the dart is the vehicle that gets you there, then walk the dart to the bullseye. You don't have to give it up. You don't have to give it up to chance. So to me, that's the metaphor of this determination, right? It's like the outcome that I want, I'm gonna walk myself to that outcome every step of the way and not leave it up to chance. And either I, get the outcome or I change my plan or I die. It's And I think sometimes we change plans and we choose a different outcome, maybe for good reason. Maybe we just realize something deeper and we want something different than what we thought we wanted. But I think a lot of times we change our mind because we reattach to the story that we, we can't do it or it's impossible or it's too difficult or, or because it's hard to throw a dart from a hundred yards away and hit a bullseye, but it's really, it's a mindset. It's just walk the dart to the board and put it in there. It's just getting the dart to the board. That's doesn't matter how it looks. Yeah. Whoa. Cause no one, if, if your goal is just to get the dart to the bullseye, then it's only a story that we have to do it a certain way. Of course, if your goal is to get the dart to the bullseye by playing by the rules of darts and you have to throw it, then that's also achievable. 
you can just keep trying until you die and eventually you'll hit it. But, but the surefire way to do it now is to walk the dart to the board. Yeah, and who says you even have to hit the bullseye? You choose where you hit the dart. You, right. you can walk it anywhere you want. Hmm. But man, you got to play darts and you got to get that dart to the board. You got to get it to the, you got to get it in the bullseye, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just walk it over. Oh. <laughs> Too easy. You could probably win some bets at a bar. Like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that from right here where I'm standing, I will hit that dart in the bullseye on my very first try. And people will be like, no way, I'll bet. And I'll be like, all right, show me the money. And they show me the money. I'm like, all right. And I'll walk the dart to the bullseye. And they'll be like, well, no. Nah. I'll say, did nobody said, I didn't say that we had to throw the dart. <laughs> this is like a Zen koan. <laughs> How do you get the Bart uh, the dart in the bullseye from a hundred darts away? Every time. Every time. Until you die. <laughs> I don't know though. I don't know. Yeah, I think I the shifting in perspective is so essential in evolution. And I think that's why we come to plant medicine because it does give us the opportunity to go, ooh, I'm going to look over here at myself. I'm going to look over there for myself. Ooh, I'm going to look way up there at the top of the mountain. I'm going to look at myself. But we still have to recognize that we have this raw material to work with. But yeah, we need those shifts in perspective. It's not actually that hard to get a bullseye. I don't have to throw darts into the dark all night long. Yeah, and I think part of this metaphor is knowing where the bullseye is, right? Because I think a lot of times in my life, I've just been mindlessly throwing darts in all directions, hoping that it gets somewhere. But it's like, I think in this game, we have to know where our bullseye is, and so we know which direction to walk the dart in. We have to choose. Basically, it's not knowing; it's like we choose. The bullseye is anywhere we want it to be in the metaphor and once we choose the location of this bullseye in terms of so as our life outcome we walk it there i've i've lived a lot of my life not really clear on what bullseye i'm even going for it's just i just throwing darts in all directions and hoping that hoping that i get the outcome I want, but I don't even know what the outcome I want is. So I think it's really important. It's become clear to me. I have to be really clear, really, really, really absolutely clear about what it is that I want. And that's from that point, we have a direction because otherwise we're just flying around left and right in all directions. And, and some people just have that so naturally, just so clear on what they want. You know, I, I was always, you know, looking at prodigies, people that when they're five years old, they know they want to, they just love playing the piano and they just focus on that and they become just piano prodigies, right? And travel the world playing the piano. And, you know, people ask them like, how did you choose that? And it's like, they have different ways of saying, it, but it's like, they didn't, they just knew like it. It was just obvious. Uh, 
you know, some people have that gift in their life journey, but some of us, we also have the gift of having to learn to choose the direction, choose the outcome that we want and then go to it. It took me, I'm still working on, but you know, 40 years later in my life, I'm currently deciding what the bullseye is, where it is, you know, and I'm at a point now where I'm, I just, just going to go for it. It's like, I've done enough of imagining all the possible bullseyes and having FOMO. If I go for one bullseye, then all the others, I won't, I won't hit those. Like how many times have I, have, have I been paralyzed and unable to make a decision about my life? Because one decision means all the others are missed out on. But if I spend my time debating which decision and not taking a, a direction because of all missing out on the other possibilities, then the outcome is I go nowhere. So it's like, I just got to just choose one. No, but I I want you to tell me where the bullseye is. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what I need for my bullseye. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the board looks like. Can you tell me what the board is, where it is? Mm-hmm. This is like the perfect metaphor for everything that's happening right now. He's your man. There's your bullseye. Throw all your darts at it. All of it. Because that's the bullseye. Oh, it's moving. Oh, 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 it has a different opinion. Oh, oh, oh. I don't, I don't want somebody else to determine my bullseye or my board or whatever. But it's like, man, what a powerful metaphor. It's like, I think where I'm at now is actually figuring out what bullseye I'm aiming at. That I, I want that is there and real for me, not something that's fabricated. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a key with all of this is maintaining that not knowing as a very present understanding. It's like, I, I know where my bullseye is and I'm going to walk this dart to that bullseye. I'm going to stick it in there. And I don't know if I'll actually get there. All I know is that's where I'm going. I think that's important as well. Why is that important? Because I think it, it, by maintaining that understanding, I continue to realize that I'm making a choice because I don't know anything, but I'm choosing to know that I'm going to get to that bullseye, but it's a choice and that's my free will. That's, that's, that's what free will is. But behind that, we don't know anything. Like, <laughs> I don't know where that goes. It's just a mind meld, mind fuck, but whatever. I don't know. I think within all of it, it's just, what is my ultimate goal? What is your bullseye, Felix? What is my bullseye? For your life. It's a big question. My bullseye is to know who I am. Amazing. That That's awesome. That's beautiful. But it's like, that's why the board is so challenging. And that's why walking it sometimes is like impossible because it's, it's only based on me doing work for me within my own time. And not being lazy with it. And 
That's all. I, I don't know. That's the only thing that I feel is real. What's your bullseye? My bullseye is right now. My bullseye is choosing my bullseye. (laughs) So I'm very determined these days to go in a direction um, towards a bullseye. And, and I think that we can actually have, there's like an ultimate bullseye. So for me, yeah, the ultimate bullseye is like self-understanding, understanding, understanding, uh, knowing thyself within. Uh, But on that journey, I think there are, it's like that bullseye is a thousand miles away. And I know that direction, but I'm going to choose bullseyes every mile of that walk. And I'm going to stick it in every mile of that walk. And so for me, those are the types of bullseyes. It's like, this podcast is a bullseye. This podcast continue, continuing to grow and evolve and me and you continuing to um, embody this this role that we're playing of this podcast and, and, and becoming more and more clear and concise about sharing our ideas and our journey uh, and that it benefits us and everyone who listens in some way. And then it grows and that uh, it even provides materially, financially. That's that's a bullseye on the journey as well, you know. So there's like almost like material bullseyes or very earth concrete bullseyes. Another bullseye, a really immediate one is right now for me is to successfully pack up my house and make the journey from here to back to Europe and to continue to hit, take the dart to the bullseye of finding a place to live that we love and that feels really good and creating a life there and a community and friends and continuing to grow and evolve and to fall in love with where I live and where I am and, and to, to just insist on that outcome and to walk that dart to that bullseye because it you know that walk might be there might be challenges there might be you know the difficulty of adjustment to a new place and uh the the gray winter and the lockdown that i'll be going into and all these things but those aren't those those can't stop me from you know walking that dart in and another bullseye is to create a home and in a in a platform for our child to grow and thrive in life and find his or her own bullseyes and choose a direction and just create a space for that uh for that child to blossom and 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 start their own journey of self-understanding and journey through life whatever way that looks all i can do is create a garden and just let it grow (laughs) so that's a bullseye you know Another bullseye is to no longer worry about money. It's a big bullseye. Uh, just walking over there, man. Just, yeah. That, you know, what does that look like? The bullseye of not worrying about money, I think, involves other bullseyes along the way. And so it's 
but it's just the fact of worrying about it. The bullseye is right there. It's true that. It's true that. Yeah. So it's like removing the dart from the bullseye of worry and walking it over to the bullseye of no more concern. So, yeah, it's just like life is, you know, the, the power of intention. So living an intentional life versus living a life of just being blown away, blown around by the whims of external existence. Like having an intention, like really living intentionally and every day reminding myself of what is my intention on the bigger picture? What are, what are my smaller intentions for my life right now? And can I keep, I don't do this, but I, 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 I will. Like, can I start my day? That's what prayer is too, right? Can I start my day just taking a moment to remember my intention, my bullseye? Like, what am I here for? What is firstly like my ultimate bullseye? Uh, in terms of just self-understanding or connection and love. And then what are some of the intermediate bullseyes that I'm choosing to go towards? Let me remind myself of those every day so that I can just stay on course and not get distracted by all the infinite possibilities of distraction. And, And that doesn't mean that I won't take a moment on the walk to the bullseye to sit down and watch Brooklyn 999. Or whatever, like I, I, I can also allow that in my intention, like rest and mental brain candy of a TV show. But, uh, but there's a fine line, right, of letting that completely take me off course, or just, you know, sitting down having a water break on the walk to the bullseye and watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, just like, whatever, it's fine. Uh, but just r- really continuously reminding myself and. Uh, and bringing into my mind, reminding of what I'm actually here to do and what is my bullseye. I think that's really essential. And, you know, this is I, this is just coming out right now. So this is amazing because I'm just learning for myself by <laughs> allowing this conversation to happen. Like, I think that's really important. Like, it, I've just, there's a clarity that's coming right now about the importance of intention. And people have talked about this all the time, but right now I'm just experiencing a realization, like a more experiential realization of how important that is like to wake up and remember what is my intention and where am I going? And am I willing to just keep going at all costs until I'm dead? (laughs) And uh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like my bullseye was very lofty, but but that's an important one. Yeah, but I, I there is that necessity of those small those bullseyes in between, and that are the same bullseye in that. So I, I apologize. I don't even know if those are <laughs> no. I don't think those are even necessary. I I think that you know if you look at the life of like a a, a monk, you know, I think they have a pretty clear bullseye of self understanding or. Dissolution of the illusion of separation, and that's it. Uh, me personally, this is just my life, and I'm choosing a path that has bullseyes along the way. And there's like an overarching, grander kind of spirit based bullseye, but there are also uh, worldly, material, physical realm bullseyes that I'd also feel 
it, as long as they're, this is also important. It's like, are those in alignment with my grander bullseye of if it's self understanding or if it's, uh, just fine, like really embodying and fostering the love in my life. Like, I think those, those ultimate bullseyes can really guide it. And it's then the, all those intermediate bullseyes, I can check with myself. Are those in alignment with the, the grand bullseye, you know? Cause for example, if, if my bullseye is self understanding, then maybe the bullseye of, um, eating McDonald's every day for a month, you know, m- maybe or maybe not. I'd have to look into that for myself. And it's a stupid example, but like just checking, like, or even checking, like if I'm sitting down to watch Brooklyn nine, nine, like at what point is this no longer in alignment with my bullseye? Like I have to decide that I have to decide, okay, like 30 minutes or an hour a day of some, something like that to just help me, just have fun and laugh. Like that's important. Uh, but there's a choice to be made in terms of like, is this still in alignment with this direction? So I just listened before you came over, I was listening to Duncan Trussell and Joe Rogan. I love those episodes. Oh, they're so good. Duncan Trussell's amazing. Joe Rogan, you're amazing. <clears throat> In this particular episode, they were talking about smoking DMT, Duncan Trussell, which they usually do, talked about smoking DMT at Burning Man. And he had this experience of, he was in this other place, and there was this dome above his his head. And it was like a dome of pure, ever-permeating, infinite potential. And he was like, wow, this is technology. This is super super intelligence this is the highest form of technology and while he was there in this incredible realm he goes yeah but what about my friends and he said he opened his eyes back into his little camp in burning man he looked around his friends were all still there and he he had this realization of incarnation of reincarnation so it's like, not a realization, he, he, he says, you know, whatever, it's a fun idea to play with. He says, okay, so in that moment I had this opportunity to see reincarnation. In that moment I was there with the ultimate connection of all things, with this supreme intelligence or the supreme unlimited potentiality. And I opened my eyes because I wanted to see my friends. And he realized, when I die, maybe I go back to this place. And I can plug back into my life at any one of those points. And I can relive those points. It's not that I die and I'm born as a slug or a goat or a whatever. It's I die and I have this higher love, higher perspective of my life. And I get to look at all the points and determine where I want to go back in and live it better. And I've had a similar experience with DMT in that. <clears throat> I haven't had the same experience, but I there's a place that's very familiar in that. And when I utilize that as a tool of living my life, it's almost like it realigns everything and I stop and I'm like, okay, I'm here again. I'm in the same spot again. What choices will I make to be a better person? What choices will I make 
to do better in my life, to be nicer, to, I don't know, to, to live a more wholesome life. When I stop and I think about that and I go back to my moment where I'm in the being triggered by someone, I'm getting really annoyed and being like, oh, you're, because uh, you're, uh. and I think of the words that are building up and the, uh, and the mentality that's coming forward and I feel heavy and, uh. and you know that feeling, you know when you're really angry at somebody and you feel this kind of like, I get really hot and my vision kind of turns a bit black around the edges. I don't know if I'm in a blackout or something. <laughs> intense pain under pressure but instead of continuing that why don't I just stop and th- oh man this this just stop thing has just been kind of my mantra <laughs> if I just stop and I change that and so man okay I, I want to know myself absolutely that is b- my big goal but I have a lot of other things here on earth practical things that need to be aimed for and how can I navigate those in the most graceful way possible okay I've died I'm back I'm I'm here again all right what am I going to do with my life how am I going to face this whole beautiful crazy world that I'm in right now am I going to be this man who is allowed to allow myself to be subpar and to be comfortable and enjoy my Brooklyn Nine-Nine and eat every bag of chip that I can find on the shelf Or am I actually going to do something great with my life? Am I not going to be afraid? Am I going to live a life fully? Am I going to stop hesitating before I have these opportunities to do something and just do it? Can I be a Bill Hicks? I'm not saying I want to be a Bill Hicks, but can I be free like him? Can I say what needs to be said? Not just for myself, but for hopefully somebody else. That man spoke 20 plus years ago and he's changed my life now. Man, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever going to really I don't know if we're going to have a thousand followers or a million whatever, it doesn't matter. Maybe 10 years, maybe 30 years down the road, somebody picks us up and is like, "Oh, I can do this." And it changes something for them. Man, I, that would be a beautiful thing to help one flower blossom in, along the way. And why why can I why do I hesitate to live my life fully? And why do I even think I need to aim at a bullseye? And why do I put my pressure on that bullseye? And why do I even need to know myself? So I just I I, I kinda I have to even stop when I think of something that I want. <laughs> some outcome for myself or some direction for myself. I have to stop and really examine it again and again and again because why do I even want that? It's like when you're a kid and you're like, man, I really want that bicycle. I want that bicycle. I really want it. Can you please buy it for me? Please, please, please. And you get the bicycle and you ride it three times and it goes in the garage. <laughs> I remember those days. You know, all this reminds me of, you were at the temple, the retreat center where we worked when Richard came and did the calling you know, and it's like, to me, the calling work is like the bullseye. So essentially the exercises bring to mind, remember a moment in your life where you felt totally inspired in awe, uh, 
maybe time stopped and you entered a flow state and you just experienced like presence and yeah, such as right now when we do this, but so as an exercise to reflect on one of those moments, everyone has a moment like that. It, it could be anything. And in the exercise that the first time we did it, what came to mind for me was, uh, there was a moment when I was, I was the best man at my friend's wedding and I gave a speech to the wedding, you know, the best man gives a speech. And I, and I, I wrote out this like comedy sketch, basically just like jokes, you know, about my friend and everything. And it was also heartfelt and I got up on the stage and it was probably like 400 people at this wedding. And I was a little nervous, but I just started talking and, and I delivered the first punchline, first joke and everybody laughed. And in that moment, all my nerves and fears, they just disappeared. And all of a sudden I was just fully present and connected with these people who were just lighting up with laughter. And then from that point on, this, it went so smooth and I was just so present. And, and I remember feeling like, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, this is it. Time stopped. I felt joy and connection and love and just seeing everybody. And so it's remembering that moment. And, and then the exercise, it's, it's not literal. So, so from that moment, you develop your calling. So your calling, you know, you can call this our, the grand bullseye of life. And it doesn't have to be literal. So it's not like my calling is to deliver best man speeches for the rest of my life. But to really look at the experience and what was the impact on the people with who, on myself and others that were around. And the experience for me was people were lighting up. They were just laughing and I was lighting up, just lighting up like heart opening just joy and connection and so from that i derived my calling which was or is people light up or people lighten up and so the calling is essentially what we can choose to be our true north our bullseye and then every intermediate bullseye and, and decision that we make in our life if we're really really dedicated to this kind of practice we ask ourselves with every decision is this in alignment with my direction is this in alignment with my calling that people lighten up and if we really really embrace that practice and really dedicate to it then then we will just continuously create those situations where time stops we feel the full connection and joy and everything's amazing and the interesting thing is so the way that they teach this is like you always do it in relation to others. So my calling is people, blah, blah, blah. So it's all about others. It's, 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 it's about how we impact the world essentially and other human beings. And everybody's calling inevitably comes down to something along those lines. My calling is people experience love. My calling is people uh, connect to their inner wisdom. My calling is people are free. My calling is people are illuminated. Like everybody. I, what was yours? Uh, my calling is who is that people experience transcendence. And look at what you're... Is this podcast in alignment with that calling? Are, you, you, are you experiencing I transcendence? Am. I think, does it do you feel transcendence when you when you do this? And there you go. So I think this is in alignment. 
this is in alignment, right, with our calling. So it's just a different language for the bullseye, really, if I think about it. And and uh, when we did that training, it sunk in, but not totally. But I find that this conversation and just the experiences of the past year really kind of reinforce it. And maybe I'm reorganizing that whole teaching into my own language and experience. But it's basically that. It's like having a grand intention for life and then being intentional every step of the journey and and checking in to just to notice if those intentions are aligned with my grand intention and the thing with the calling is it can change you know it can also be open to it evolving into something else mine changed uh into different things you know my calling is people experience peace you know i had different things so um but always checking in with that and doing that exercise i think is really useful and uh but essentially just having a true north a grand intention for life and then every bullseye along the way, is it on the path? Is it in that direction? Design your life, man. Live your life to the fullest. Create your life. It's really, it's the teaching that we are the creators of our life. But to create our life intentionally, we have to make a choice. We have to choose a direction. Love it. Sweet. Well, I have two last things awesome before we wrap up here um first last thing is another quote from bill hicks that i've been listening to a lot lately and uh it's been bringing me smiles it's just about the news so bill hicks says you ever watch cnn headline news for any extended period of time you realize it's the most depressing fucking thing you can ever do War, famine, death, AIDS, destruction. War, famine, death. Then you look outside your window and it's just... Where is all this shit happening, man? So just just to think about that. And then the final thing, it really ties into the totality of this conversation, is uh, one of my friends in my life, Zach has been an incredible uh, north star for me, a guiding star. This is a man who has dedicated his life to different aspects of his creativity and has followed it through, and he's been an inspiration. And he was there in the very beginning when I decided to stay at the temple, and he was encouraging me to pursue this impossible path. And I'm so grateful to you, Zach, if you listen to this podcast. He does. Uh, And I also want to give a huge shout out to you because you are our first subscriber on Locals. Woo, woo. Thank you, Zach. Get the ball rolling. We totally, I love it, man. We're we're so grateful, man, honestly. And he's just someone who's always supported any dream, no matter what. And I'm trying not to get emotional, but you know we're we're very grateful to you so big shout out to zach corvin check out his art check out what he does on youtube on instagram on instagram he's absolutely incredible uh he actually did my chest piece my chest tattoo um so i'm very grateful that he stays close to my heart yeah we love you zach amazing and that's it like on this journey of life we choose our bullseye and then we surround ourselves with people who support that journey who maybe even call us out when we're you know they they help us along the way or or when they see that we're 
going towards it. They support us. And so I think that's Zach's actions totally are a testament to that, that he sees your true north and he's supporting that journey. And I imagine you do the same for him, you know? So I try. He's, he's on a whole other level though. He's like, <laughs> he's trucking up that mountain. But <clears throat> yeah, I, again, so big shout out to you, Zach Corvin. Check him out online. Check him on Instagram. I'll post his, his links in our Facebook page. So, And please join us on Locals. Join Zach and our community that we're creating there. If you want to share this journey in a more intimate way, if you want to hear more of this podcast and, and you want to support our journey, then it's fun. Join us there. It's awesome. The, the Locals family of Beyond Words. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well... Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Cool. Thanks, Felix. Thanks, Al. Thanks for helping me find my true north. Same. Word. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you too, man. Thanks, and we appreciate all the listeners. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. And remember your intentions.